You're listening to the Novel Writing Podcast, episode 112. Grab a cup, cozy up, and let's get to writing. Today, I have with me Shanna Pilo, who is the author of Candy Sky Tells a Lie, which is a hilarious middle grade urban fantasy book that I read in mostly one sitting on a flight to Denver. So very, very good writing. She also <laughs> creates supplemental writing worksheets for teachers and homeschool parents. And she was a ghostwriter in a former life. Shanna, welcome to the Novel Writing Podcast. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. I'm so excited to talk to you. So true to the title of this episode, we were just going to dive right into the first question, which is to tell me two truths and a lie, and I will guess which one is the lie. Okay, so two truths and a lie about myself. I have too many cats. I share a birthday with the land before time. And I am not a hot mess. I am perfectly capable of everything I do. You have to pick a better lie. That, that The, <laughs> the last one is a lie. lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you too well for this. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Let's see. Mm. Oh, I went skydiving. Okay. I'm, I'm fairly sure that you do share a birthday with Land Before Time, but also you kind of seem like you might want to go skydiving at some point. I am deathly afraid of heights. Never mind. <laughs> I can't even step on, um, like, on a step stool that's too high. I can't do that. I can't get onto tables. Like, two steps on a ladder and I'm done. You said it so confidently. Like, oh, I've been skydiving. Like, obviously. Well, yeah. I, I'm the author of Katie Sky. <laughs> She's a part of me. That's right. She's very so, confident. Did you have two truths and a lie in Candy Sky? I don't remember. I did. I okay. did. I can't remember what the first truth was, but I know the second truth was I shared a birthday with Land Before Time. And okay. I'm very proud of that fact because I love dinosaurs. That is true. I had a, a reference to dinosaurs in my second book. And when you got to that part, when you were beta reading it, your comments were my favorite in all of the comments I got back. Because you're like, hold up. That was dinosaur? my favorite scene. When the dinosaur came up, I was like, oh, dip. This book sold me. Yeah, I need to keep that in mind. This is for... my favorite now. I, maybe I'll need to bring dinosaurs back for book three. You never know. Oh my gosh. I'd be so stoked. <laughs> okay. So how long have you been writing? Obviously I've known you for a while within Tally Inc. and the 60 Day Challenge, but how long have you been writing as just for you? I started when I was a little girl. I would copy the content of seed catalogs into a composition journal to kind of impress my grandpa who was a farmer. I was like trying to learn all the plants and stuff. And it taught me how to write. And then it was in middle school that I started reading Aragon or yeah, elementary school. I started reading Aragon and Harry Potter and it got me into short stories and creative writing. Middle school is when I discovered NaNoWriMo and Script Frenzy and that introduced novel writing to me. And then in high school is when I published my first short story with Teen Inc. So oh. I've been writing forever. How did you find the 60 Day Novel Writing Challenge? I found it. I was on the hunt for a new writing community because I love NaNoWriMo, but I wasn't getting the person-to-person -person connection I needed after they did their big website change. And then like oh. there was a community in my area that would meet up, but they kind of stopped. And so I'd actually done two other communities before the 60-Day Novel Writing Challenge. So I was shopping around and I found you guys and I just, that, that connection I needed is what sold me. And I probably will stick around for a very long time. We were, we're really glad to have you in the group. It's really fun to have you there. <laughs> Thank you. 
So you had a fully written manuscript before you started the challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. How did you use the challenge to rewrite your manuscript? Right before the challenge, I had just gotten my book back from developmental editing ah. with uh, my first editor who who isn't a part of uh, the 60 Day Novel Writing Challenge or Tally Inc. She was great. She really, really pinpointed the flaws of my manuscript. And she took my dumpster fire and picked out what I could salvage and repurpose and then figured out what the overall idea that I was going for and gave me a way to find it. And so the the three biggest issues I had with my book that the novel writing challenge helped me with was flat cliche characters, a sagging middle, and then not meeting the vision of lying and consequences. It was originally this boring middle school drama with girls just being absolutely horrible with each other. And yeah, it was well written, but it just, it was, it wouldn't have been what it could have been without that developmental editing. But the challenge just really got me to learn my book. And it was through the workshops and like talking with the the group and, and then premium that I realized the direction I wanted to go, which is fantasy, because originally my book wasn't fantasy at all. There was no fantastical elements other than she gets cursed and her lies come true. But even then it was very, very minor. And fun fact, I got, I was doing the edits first and then the workbook. So like I was rewriting first and then doing the workbook. And I think the workbook has it where you fill it out and then start writing. And that last week of NaNoWriMo in 2021, the idea hit me because of that workbook and because of how much I learned. And I ended up scrapping 80% of my book and rewriting it during December. So that way Haley Fuchs can look over it for my second round of developmental editing. Okay. So we we should probably rewind a little bit because we are both talking about your book and we know all about your book, but people listening probably have never heard of Candy Sky Tells a Lie. Yeah. So what is the the basic rundown or basically your your sales pitch for Candy Sky? Yeah. So Candy Sky is a middle grade fantasy about a 13 year old notorious liar who is cursed by a witch to live in a world where all her lies come true. It is hilarious. It's heartwarming. It's for the first, second, and third Harry Potter reading level. So I would say like nine years old and up, but a lot of adults and and teenagers enjoy it. And it is my debut book that came out in 2022. I I loved reading it. Like I said in the (laughs) intro, I I read 75% of it on the flight to Denver. (laughs) And then I'm pretty sure I read the last 25% at lunch. It was so much fun to write. I was like, oh my gosh. I was really thinking so fast. Yes, it does. Okay. So now that our readers understand more about Candy Sky and how you got to where you ended up with the 60 day challenge, looking back, what did you like most about the 60 day challenge, specifically the workbook and the, the videos that you get every day? I really like how it was compartmentalizing pretty much everything about a novel. And if you know me, I love when things are broken down into the, like just the tiniest little parts. So that way you really get to understand the like all, like the, the DNA blocks of your characters. And, and that's what really helped me turn my super, super boring cliche characters into, you know, fun. And even though Candy Sky is a pretty flawed character, you still root for her. And so it was because of like how well 
the workbook makes you learn your book and because you think you know your book, but then that workbook like tests you, it challenges you to learn even more about what you're writing. And it was because of that, that I was able to produce what um, I have published with Candy Sky Tells a Lie. I love that. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, too... <laughs> I, I love the workbook. <laughs> yeah. I, I too did my first round of the 60 day challenge was also doing a rewrite. So we both have that in common. I took the that enormous monstrosity of 105,000 words of my first first draft oh my and rewrote that rewrote the first half of it I think during the challenge and then like over to um I can't remember exactly how long it took me but I used that first challenge that we ran that in October of 2020 I think it was that was the first challenge that we ran where that's the one where I, I rewrote my book well, good for you sometimes rewriting is what you got to do and that's actually my favorite part of the whole process is yeah. the rewrite, which, so for everybody listening, I had hand surgery a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording. So I'm showing oh Hannah, uh, Shanna my club hand right now, but my, my initial plan for Christmas break was to work on the rewrite outline for book three. And I'm like, I can't type. <laughs> so once my stitches are out, I'm going to be like madly rewriting book three so I can meet my own deadlines when January, <laughs> but I love oh, the rewriting process. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you have also been in several past rounds of our premium group. What yeah. would you say was the main selling point that brought you into that particular group? It was definitely accountability. Like when you're investing into your writing and there's others who are investing into their writing, they tend to be a lot more serious about like meeting. I'm going to call them soft deadlines because I've learned that if you give yourself hard deadlines, it can be counterproductive. And thank you, premium group for teaching me that. But like just the the people you meet, they really want you to succeed. And it, it feels good to be in that kind of community. And I met some of my lifelong, my now lifelong writing friends through premium group. And they are, they are so talented. And some of them recently published their books. Some of them are publishing their books in the next couple of years. And I'm so excited for them. And then another part about premium that I like are the, the mini lessons and activities, one of which is the character decision workshop model. I love that. I love that unit. It is so much fun. So what Shanna's talking about is some is a workshop that we run in premium called the character decision workshop. Some of our past pe members call them character charts because really all it's doing is uh, using the cognitive behavioral therapy model of how the world works, which is circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. And it's super messy when we do it in, in premium because we're just like throwing all the spaghetti at the page to see what sticks for like a scene that we're working on. But it really helps the writers get to understand like your scenes from a different point of view. So last round we had one writer look at a particular scene from a, a non-POV character's point of view so she could understand how the main character might actually be responding to this other person in this scene. So it's a really great way to get into the heads of your other characters, not necessarily your main characters, but also answer questions about scenes or about your characters that you don't know how they might react to something. So that's a, a really fun workshop we do. But something that Shanna did after I first introduced this was she started using it to outline her books. And I just need to know, like, I need to know more about how you, like, how that occurred to you and how you use it to, to outline future books. I basically put it into a chapter outline with, that has uh, beats from Save the Cat Writes a Novel. 
and which will have setup and opening scenes, catalyst, all of that, like all the main beats of a chapter to get it flowing and get your plot going. But basically, again, I really like to compartmentalize and the, the model allows me to, you know, provide a circumstance and then how the character responds internally and physically and the result. And then that result becomes the next, almost like the next circumstance for the character. And it kind of just goes like a waterfall down with the model. And if, if you ever look at my outline, especially for my upcoming book that's coming out next year, I won't go too much into it, but that whole, the whole book was outlined using that method and the beat sheets. So I'll have to, I'll have to show the group sometime the giant pile of papers I have of character decision model steps because it's pretty, it's pretty epic. I but am I'm, I'm, deeply interested yeah, in seeing this. Okay, good. I'll, I'll just show you sometime. And I'm doing it for the second book of the series that's coming out next year too. So it really just helps me pace and create a more character driven plot versus like a passive plot where things are just happening to the character and the character is just responding by this having this decision model worksheet, it really cr- forces my characters to take initiative. And that's what I wanted in my my upcoming books. I love it when characters are not boring. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. I already mentioned earlier that you, re- you were one of my betas for my second book. Your critique was one of my favorite critiques that I ever received. And I know that you have given really amazing critique for other people in premium, both inside the premium model and outside of premium, just to other writers in our group. So my question now is, how did you get so good at critiquing? Well, thank you. That's a nice compliment. This question kind of applies to like my ultimate goal, which is way down the line, but I do want to get into editing and critiquing is one of the great ways you can gain experience. And I actually brought this up a long time ago with my, with one of my family members. I can't remember if it was my grandma or her twin sister, my great aunt. They're both writers. And I brought it up with them one time and they warned me to not be like the editors that they dealt with who tore apart their work for the sake of, you know, showing off their skills or to ensure they get paid for their time. They did write articles. It's, you know, an article writing is way different than novel writing. But it really got me thinking because it really disheartened them what makes a good editor and what makes a good critiquer. And to me, it's someone who wants to make the writer's vision come true. It doesn't mean sugarcoat to make the writer happy, but to provide constructive feedback that guides them into the direction of having a perfectly imperfect draft. Like I want them to succeed. And one of my favorite methods of critiquing is And this seems to be everybody's preference when they ask me is to give your thoughts as you read, because that will give them an insight on readers. And so like, literally, I just have it on, have everybody's drafts on my computer. And as I read the first thought that comes into my mind, I write down as fast as I can and I move on. And, you know, I'll go over and some of my thoughts, I'm like, why was I thinking that? Or, you know, I'll give a suggestion and I'll be like, oh, you know what? This cleared it up later on. And so I'll go through and pick those out. But that method seems to be the most popular. Having been on the receiving end of that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like that as well. I haven't done a lot of peer-to-peer critique or feedback myself, but I will be doing that with one-on-one clients coming up. 
So, uh, and I have with at least one so far and it's, it's like you're saying, you just write out all the thoughts as they pop into your, into your head. And then once you do the second round through, you're like, oh, I can take that out because you explained it further down. And um, the, the author that I was doing it with, she could see when I, when I made all of my comments and see what she would go and like comment back and like, oh, that's, oh. that's not what I meant for you to do. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, but, I um, do get a little uh, nervous when people go back and they have the ability to comment on my comment and it's like all live time and I'm like yeah so I usually make a copy on the side that they can't see until I'm done the way that I avoid this with my books is I don't if I do the google docs I try to turn off the notifications but if people need I prefer giving the word document and then I can't touch it because it is a separate word document yeah yeah no I love that I also like that you want to be an editor in the future. I don't know if it's really as far off as you think it might be. I'd say I want to get a good chunk of my upcoming series done before I really start to venture that route because it's really important to me. It's something that at least the world that the next series is in is something that I've been working on since high school and it's about time I actually get it done. Okay. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about the things that you do that are outside of the novel writing part, but also okay. still related to to writing. And what comes up very, very first is this thing on your website called the Imagineers Library. So what is okay. the Imagineers Library? The Imagineers Library offers unique and exclusive experience to my dedicated readers and fans. As a member, you can gain access to all sorts of writing goodies there are three main sections. There's writing help, bookish content, and web novels. And this is where teachers and parents can obtain writing worksheets, mini lessons regarding mechanics, and tips for fostering storytelling in young minds. And in addition to all those goodies, this is where members can read the epistolary sequel of Candy Sky Tells a Lie, which is called Witches, Brews, and More Bad News. And it's, like I said, it's a web series. So there's an episode or a chapter that comes out once a week. And it's 100% free. And you simply just have to subscribe to my website. And you will receive a password to the library, as well as a free digital copy of Get Kids Writing, which is a collection of 50 worksheets and writing prompts for kids. That's awesome. What made you start creating that kind of content for teachers and parents of homeschool kids? I'm deeply passionate about creating content for teachers and parents of homeschool kids because there's uh, these audience play a crucial role in shaping young minds. And uh, I really want to foster the love of learning as a, as a writer and a homeschooling parent, because I don't think uh, listeners know, but I homeschool my son. I find fulfillment in empowering educators and parents with insights and resources and strategies to enhance the educational journey and, of course, writing. And I aim a lot of my worksheets towards children who struggle to find the same joy in writing that I did when I was their age. My brother and my inspiration for this direction, because they both despise reading and writing and I I was like I'm going to challenge this and find something that does appeal to you one of my favorite authors I think I think his name is pronounced Dave Pilkey he's the author of the Captain Underpants series and and he does this where he gears towards kids who 
he gears towards non-readers and I I love that and that's kind of my goal with Imagineers Library. Is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners about that relate to the Imagineers Library or things that like writing resources that you provide? They're all free. They're they're for they're for all ages. They're, and it's not just for people who are for kids who struggle. They're for everybody. But I do try to make the worksheets fun. So like there's a character recipe card where you basically take the personality of your character or, or a character you're reading and you create recipe cards for them. Or, you know, I I teach how to really create good imagery in a scene by the five, four, three, two, one sensory method. Okay. You do five, yeah. And you do five sight. I think it's four hearing or four sounds, three smell, two touches and one taste or something like that. I'll have to go back and look. I'll admit that the very first time I got your your password for the Imagineers library, I went immediately to the Candy Sky sequel. So yeah. now I'm snooping through all the other stuff. Family dinner scene. Oh, that sounds fun. Character yeah. questionnaires. Those are my favorites. Yes. And there's polls. There's help with fiction writing. Character there's, there's just cards? a lot. Of... Yes. What? That is a sneak peek of a marketing tactic that I'm going to be doing for my upcoming series. And oh, that is, and you'll be creating a... cards. I just downloaded it in that, um, that piece of art of one of your monsters in your next yes. series. Yes. <laughs> it's so, so good. <laughs> All right. Imagineers Library. I love it. So kind of as we wrap up, talking a little bit more back to the pre- uh, premium from Tally Inc. and the 60 Day Challenge, what would your advice be for people who are curious about the 60 Day Challenge? Or if they're curious about working with a coach, whether it's in premium or one-on-one, what would you say to those people? I'd say be open to changing your mindset on why you can't run. My first one-on-one book coaching ever happened during premium, and that was obviously with you. And I remember it so vividly because we got really deep with the, the why questions. Why can't I write? Well, my house is a mess. Why does that stop you from writing? Because I should be cleaning when I'm writing and I feel guilty. Why does that elicit such a strong feeling? Because I feel like I'm failing as a mother by not having a pristine house. Why is not having a perfect house failing? Because I yeah. feel like I'm losing control of my life. And and like because we kept asking the whys and we just kept digging, we finally found the, the root of my problem. And it really helped me push past the I can't and find a writing routine that became so ingrained in my daily life that I just don't even think about it. It just happens like brushing your teeth. And my mindset didn't change right away. And that's another thing that newcomers, I want them to understand is when you have that one-on-one, the what you're told or how you're told to change your mindset does not happen right away. I had to catch my negative thoughts for a while and kind of repeat what you and I uh, came up with to counter the whole messy house case. And, and that was to choose which messes I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. And like the ability, changing my mindset to the point where I can choose the messes gave me that sense of control that I needed. And you can't have the best of both worlds. And if not folding laundry every day means that I get to write a book, then I'm going to take that. I'm going to take right. that opportunity. And yeah, like I said, that simple shift of mindset set helped me conquer the the I can't go suck it laundry <laughs> yeah <laughs> my pile really 
<laughs> I I fold on Sundays now. I don't do it every day anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. I love that you went from, I have to fold laundry every single day that it's available to fold to not once a week. This is good. And it's so funny, like what you, uh, what like me and like other writers put in the way of writing and why they can't do it. Because you, you would think like, oh, uh, not doing laundry every day. That's like a simple fix. But in the moment when you, when you have that, I can't mentality, it feels like it's a huge barrier just in, in front of you. And yeah, so de- the one-on-one definitely helped chip that away. I'm so glad. Great advice. Okay. Where can our listeners go buy your book and where can they follow you on social media and all of the lovely things, including the Imagineers library? So Candy Sky Tells a Lie is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, pretty much any other retailer, especially online. If you want a signed copy, you can order one through my website and I'm sure Colleen will provide the link. Or you can visit me if you're local to my area at farmer's markets and book signings. I also have a couple of stores. It's in Stompin' Grounds Coffee Company is one of them in my area. If you want to read the sequel, which is an ongoing web novel series completely free, you just simply subscribe to my website and you'll get a password to the Imagineers Library. And through that, you'll get to the Witches Brews and more bad news. And your local area is? Skagit Valley, Washington. So the Pacific Northwest. All right. So we will link to uh, Imagineers Library and all the other good stuff in the show notes. Um, If people just wanted to quickly look you up on Instagram, where could they find you? So my Instagram handle is author underscore Shanna P. Lowe. You can find me there. I'm also on threads and Facebook. I used to be on TikTok and Twitter, but I'm taking a step back a little bit from social media other than those three ones that I mentioned. Shanna, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your book and your writing experience and also the two truths and a lie. It's been great talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. All right, everybody. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. And remember, the first draft is supposed to be garbage. The Novel Writing Podcast is a production of Tally Inc. To find out more about our writing resources, including the 60-Day Novel Writing Challenge, check out the links in the description.